your clock strikes here. It's always Halloween, and I'm always your haunted host, Luce Tomlin Brenner. Welcome to Small Frights Friday. On these very special episodes, I like to share a curated selection of calls from the All Hallows Hotline and letters from the Eek Mailbag. I'm excited to wish you all a very happy new fear, and I'm wondering if any of you have made any New Year's resolutions. Okay, that last one was a stretch, but still, what are your Halloween goals this year? How are you going to inject a little bit of creepiness into every month and spin each holiday into just another interesting version of Halloween? On today's episode, we'll hear from some lanterns who are spicing up Januween, and I'll tell you a little bit about what I did this month as well. But first, did you know that every single episode of It's Always Halloween is funded entirely by our Patreon ghoul gang. We could not make this show without you. So thank you to each and every ghoul gang member who has signed up. And I am defrightfully excited to welcome our newest member, Priscilla Molineris. Welcome and thank you for helping It's Always Halloween stay independent, ad-free, and sustainable. Today is a great time to join the Ghoul Gang because this weekend we are marathoning the entire Scream franchise in preparation for the newest film, which is debuting a week from today on Friday, January 14th. Has the hype bus hit you yet? As you know, I am the mayor of Hype Town when it comes to this movie, (laughs) and I'm really hoping to not get burned again. Uh, Fingers crossed. I know for about the last month, I've been saying that I'm tempering my expectations. Well, that has changed. The tempering is gone. I'm in full excitement mode now. Nothing can stop me. <laughs> I'm, I feel like I'm going to be disappointed because I am too excited. But it's all part of the fun, right? <laughs> so if you sign up for our $10 a month movie level, you'll get access to at least two film live streams and discussions a month. I'm not just playing the movie for you. Before each presentation, I get on and I do a deep dive into film history and criticism. It's like a little film-focused It's Always Halloween episode before each live stream. And then we have a chat function where you get to talk to other Ghoul Gang members throughout the movie. If you like, there is lots of jokes and silliness, which I know many of you enjoy. So... Like I said, we always do at least two movies a month, but this month we're doing four. So that means you're going to get about 60 minutes of film history about this franchise and what it means to Halloween and American culture in general. This is not just basic stuff. I'm going to dive real deep because this is my other favorite franchise next to Halloween. And if you are a millennial or Gen Xer. This movie was very definitive for our generations, and I can't wait to explore that further with all of you. So the party kicks off this Saturday, January 8th at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. 
with the original Scream from 1996. Then we'll follow that up at 6 p.m. PST with Scream 2 from 1997, starring Jada Pinkett fresh off the Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight horror comedy, which we all watched together last February, and Sarah Michelle Gellar, who that same year, 1997, was starring in another Kevin Williamson-penned script, I Know What You Did Last Summer, which we watched together last July. Then we will reconvene Sunday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for the Y2K set Scream 3, which is set in Hollywood with one scene filmed in my neighborhood. And it introduces many new fantastic actors and a metaverse inside of a metaverse. And it gets super layered and a little bit out of control, but I think in a fun way. One of my favorite actors is in it, Parker Posey, the namesake of my former improv team. And finally, we will round out the weekend with Scream 4 on Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Scream 4 is my least favorite in the series due to a killer conceit and reveal that I don't totally buy and a next-gen cast that I don't love, led by Emma Roberts and Hayden Pantier. That said, I am grateful for the inclusions of the youngest and most beautiful Culkin brother, Rory, and one of my biggest screen crushes, Adam Brody. Shout out to Dave Rogowski and, of course, Low Shoulder. are going to tie in beautifully with our very first book club pick, The Final Girls Support Group by my favorite modern horror writer, Grady Hendrix. Now, I know many of you have now read My Best Friend's Exorcism after I have gushed about it endlessly on this podcast. And out of all of his books, I find The Final Girls Support Group and We Sold Our Souls to be uh, the second best to my best friend's exorcism. But Final Girls, I really wanted to do for this podcast because we do talk about slasher films a lot on the Patreon. And this month, I'm going to be releasing our live episode from the Axe Wound Film Festival that will dive into the history of the slasher genre, where it comes from, and how it impacts Halloween, which will definitely push out your enjoyment of the slasher movie party this weekend and our first book club meeting. So I think once you start this horror comedy novel send up of the final girl trope, you will not be able to put it down. Typically it takes me months to finish a book and I zipped through this one in a matter of days. Every time something took me away from it, I was mad. All I wanted to do was like live in this world where final girls were real and they were all coping in the least neatly cinematic ways possible. I think you're going to get a kick out of this one. And I think that it will help you appreciate the slasher genre and its role in our culture. Even if you're not into horror and you scare easily, I know you're familiar with the tropes and the trappings. And this is not a super scary book. It has some moments of violence, but I am sensitive because I read usually before bed and I don't like things that are super scary right before bed. So I think that this one is very doable if you're not a regular horror reader. I also think that 
scary books are more impactful than scary movies. For me, at least, my imagination goes way more wild when I'm reading a book. So our first book club meeting is going to be on Tuesday, January 25th at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we'll meet over Zoom for about an hour to discuss our thoughts and ideas. And in the meantime, you can use the Discord channel that I set aside specifically for Book Club. And you can have as many pre and post meeting chats there as you like. One last Patreon update before we dive in. Our last two wintry holiday themed ghost stories are now available. They're Smee by A.M. Burridge and Transition by Algernon Blackwood. They got a little delayed due to illness and tragedy striking the entire It's Always Halloween team the last week of Christmas. But as you know, I find the calendar to be dull and oppressive. So in my mind, it's never too late for a crisp, creepy tale about Christmassy ghosts. If you're feeling skeptical about even hearing the C word in January, listen up. I got a fun fact for you. So... Many Christians, including Anglicans, Methodists, Lutherans, Orthodox, and Roman Catholics, celebrate a holiday called Candlemas on February 2nd, which marks the official end to the Christmas and Epiphany season. And this is when many cultures finally take down their holiday decor. So for most of January, all of their Christmas stuff is still up. So traditionally on this day, those who celebrate will bring their candles to their local church where the candles are blessed and then used for the rest of the year. Sounds kind of pagan to me, so I love it. Uh, Candlemas is celebrated in different ways all over the world, however, and there is one country in particular that has a tradition that I think every lantern in Halloween land will appreciate. In Luxembourg, children go door-to-door in little groups during the afternoon and early evening hours, singing for sweets and coins. Early on, before safety was a priority, children would carry candles at the end of an extremely flammable wooden stick. But now we like children to live, so candles have been replaced with colorful lanterns lit with an electric bulb. These lanterns are called... Lichtenbangelchers. Excuse my butchering. When someone opens their door, the children sing a specific song called, again, please pardon this pronunciation, Leiwer Hargatbleichen, in which they literally ask for bacon and peas. I guess over time, children realized meat and veggies stewing in their sacks for a couple of hours wasn't the ideal treat, and that's when candy and money became the preferred offering. So if you're hard up for a unique treat for your trick-or-treaters this year, impress your neighbors with your international influence and give the kids bacon. All this to say... If we can celebrate Halloween all year long, there's no shame in celebrating Christmas until Groundhog's Day. In fact, it's already a tradition. So head over to patreon.com slash it's always Halloween or click the Patreon link in our show notes to hear new ghost stories. Join our Scream Marathon this weekend. Read the Final Girl Support Group with us and or chat up your fellow lanterns on our Discord server. Speaking of which, to kick off today's episode, I want to share this delightful Halloween memory from Ghoul Gang member Jeff, 
who shared this on our Discord recently. I picked out a ghost face mask for Halloween in 1995. I was in fourth grade and it was the first year my parents took my brother and me to buy masks for Halloween. Every year before that, my mom made or helped us make a costume. I saw this mask and I was like, this is the one. For both 1995 and 1996, I combined it with a black robe, which may have had red trim around the neck, and a scythe. I was the ghost of the Grim Reaper. (laughs) And then Scream came out a few months later in December 1996. I was a horror fan already, but this was the first horror movie that I discovered outside of picking up movies with my family. My buddy Richard was like, hey, my friend Ricky has a copy of Scream. Let's go over to his place and watch it. He just lives down the street. I wasn't really friends with Ricky at the time, but I was like, sure. So eventually my buddy Richard had to leave and I didn't want to miss the rest of the movie. So I stayed because of Scream. I ended up being friends with Richard, Ricky and Ricky's brother, Dave, who I went on to build haunted houses with for years until life and growth happened around our mid-20s. So going back in 1997 and 1998, which was sixth and seventh grade for me, I ditched the scythe, picked up the knife, got the all black robe and gloves and officially became Ghostface. I've seen Scream about a thousand times now, but I don't think I've ever seen Scream 4, and it's been years since I've seen 2 and 3, so I am very excited for these movie nights. Jeff, I am obsessed with this memory. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. I, too, have a very clear memory of that time and seeing the ghost face masks before the Scream movie came out. And there's actually a very good reason for that, which I find fascinating, but it turns out that the mask was invented by a Halloween costume company prior to the film, and it was the producer of the film, Marianne Maddalena, who worked regularly with Craven on his films, who discovered this mask at one of the shooting locations and wanted to get the licensing for it, wanted it to be the killer's mask. So the mask was originally made by a Halloween company called Fun World, and they designed the mask in the Halloween seasons uh, 1991, 92, and 93, and it was a part of a line called the Fantastic Faces, and the mask itself was known as the Peanut-Eyed Ghost, which is so much less scary and impactful than Ghostface. (laughs) Peanut-Eyed Ghost makes it sound like it's the ghost of someone who died from eating peanut butter when they were allergic. Now, the name Ghostface wasn't actually developed by the team behind Scream. It was named by the Fun World licensing director, RJ Torbert, who named it Ghostface with the blessing of the Fun World owners, Stanley and Alan Geller. Torbert felt like it looked like a ghost in pain and believed it to be a very unique design. So the Ghostface design and title are still owned by Fun World. And that's why, if you have a memory of seeing the face before the movie came out, 
it's a Halloween costume all on its own, which I think adds such an another exciting meta layer to Scream because, you know, we know that Michael Myers' mask was originally a William Shatner mask and obviously the Jason mask from later uh, Friday the 13th is just a hockey mask. But there's something so cool about the ghost face mask just being a Halloween costume that any of us could have bought before the movie started. And in the world of Scream, those are just costumes that are at the store, which is how it makes it harder to differentiate who are kids just messing around with each other in the hall and who is the real ghost face because anyone can go out and buy it. It's iconic to the viewer, but in the world of Woodsboro, it's just a Halloween costume, which it was just a Halloween costume in our world too, until Scream kind of took over and now we think of it as just the costume from that movie which I think is a really interesting kind of double layer since it's also a costume in that movie. Anyways, we go, go back and forth. So getting into meta layers of Scream is sort of like being in a fun house and looking at the mirror and the mirror and the mirror and the mirror. It sort of just goes on forever. <laughs> but this memory was fantastic, Jeff. And I love that you got an original, maybe peanut-eyed ghost before Scream came out. I mean, I would just kill to know what the label was on the costume when you bought it. You did post a picture of the mask, so I'll throw that up so everyone can see it. It does look very much like an early iteration while still being very iconic. I love that you basically were the ghost face for four years in a row. Clearly a huge fan of the series. I would love to hear from anybody else who either dressed as Ghostface or saw the mask before the movie and thought it was cool on its own and came up with your own character like Jeff did, like the Grim Reaper ghost, <laughs> which I love the idea that there's like another Grim Reaper that killed the first Grim Reaper and now there's a ghost of the Grim Reaper and the Grim Reaper just running around collecting souls. Very meta in and of itself. <laughs> All right, now we're going to take a call from the All Hallows Hotline. Hello, Luce and uh, the wonderful Boo Ganger Ghoul Gangers. Um, I'm Luce Lanterns. It is Annie, and I'm calling from the Great White North with an update about the Halloween Advent calendars. So, I, first of all, when I heard myself on the podcast, I might have had a moment. It was super exciting. And second of all, I wanted to update all of you on how they went and how things are going now. So we just finished the Christmas season. And of course, the kids all got Christmas advent calendars because it's tradition. Um, the Halloween countdown went swimmingly well. Of course, there were days where you know, the kids didn't necessarily get everything that they were supposed to on the right day. However, um, the countdown was so exciting for them that the day that Halloween came, they were literally so excited just to go out trick-or-treating and do all the things that we would normally do. Um, this year, of course, was also super special being 2021 just because, you know, the things were lifted and the restrictions weren't as high, so we were able to go to the door and celebrate and have fun, and it was really, really cool. 
Now, my intention with all of this was to get the kids excited about Halloween. So here's a fun little factoid for all of you. My niece Harper, who I see on a regular basis, she is already talking about Halloween and what she's going to wear for her costume this year. It's December 29th. We've been talking about Halloween way more than we've been talking about Christmas. And that, in my eyes, is a success. So I can get some pictures to you guys if you want. Um, just, I guess, let me know. I'm not sure how you would let me know. But um, if you guys want to see some of the videos and the pictures, they're super, super cute. I hope you're all having a wonderful day. And countdown to Halloween's on, friends. Yes, the countdown is on. This week we hit 300 days till Halloween. You know, I'm always torn between wanting to participate in the countdown because everybody is and I love that sense of community and celebration and then of course wanting to be like Ugh, what am I counting down towards it's always Halloween let's just celebrate now but I get the excitement of everyone in the world is celebrating a thing at the same time but again if numbers and calendars and countdowns stress you out it's okay, you can sit over here with me and we'll just read some tarot cards and a couple of ghost stories and do our makeup real fun. And it can just be uh, Halloween regardless of what everybody else is doing, right? So I love that you gave us this update, Annie. Thank you so much. It's amazing that the kids are talking more about Halloween than Christmas. That's gotta be a first, right? I would love to hear if you anybody else out there in Halloween land has kids that are more Halloween focused than on Christmas that's a pretty huge deal in my book one of the reasons I really like that is because Halloween is such a community oriented holiday and it does encourage going out getting to know your neighbors and uh, you know decorating your house for your neighborhood and really being involved in your groups of friends a little more than Christmas. Now, of course, you have family over for Christmas and you're encouraged to exchange gifts, but it's way more focused on quantity over quality, which sure, kids might be excited to get tons of candy, but how much candy are they really getting at the end of the day? Five to $10 worth? I mean, that's way less consumer driven than aspects of Christmas can be. I'm really into this Halloween advent calendar idea and I want to talk about it more and see what we could put together maybe as a group of lanterns. Maybe there's a template we could put together and you guys could print it off and make your own little Halloween advent trees, your little Halloween trees for the kids in your life. I feel like that'd be really fun. And of course, yes, please send photos. You can send photos to it's always Halloween podcast at gmail.com. You can also send me photos on Instagram, although it's harder for me to keep track of Instagram DMs just because a lot of random ones come through and email is obviously better to, you know, label and save whereas Instagram messages disappear. So also, if you want to share your Instagram handle and you have pictures on there that you want people to see, you're welcome to do that as well. Just uh, follow up with an e-mail and I will uh, share everything that you're okay with me sharing. That goes for everybody. If you want, if you send pictures in, you know, let us know if it's okay to throw those up on Instagram or if you want them to be just for me or you want me to describe them 
uh, like an audiobook to the other lanterns. Happy to do that as well. Now we'll go to the Eek Mail Bag, and we have a wonderful message here with the subject line, Bell Snickle. Hi, Luce. I was so excited to hear about Bell Snickle in the recent Creepmas Creatures episode. I grew up in Pennsylvania, and my family is so German. When my siblings and I were growing up, my dad would make a fire on Christmas Eve. Then he'd say he needed to go out back to get more firewood, and suddenly Bell Snickle would mysteriously appear. My dad would wear a gross old coat and throw candy on the floor. <laughs> he would typically let me and my well-behaved older sisters grab it, but my brother got hit with the switch. <laughs> Gently, I assume, but I didn't care because my older brother tortured me much like all older brothers did in the 90s. I had no idea that I celebrated a weird cultural tradition until I went to college and tried explaining Bellsnickel and Fachnacht Day, which is essentially Fat Tuesday, and was met with blank stares. That episode of The Office was very affirming for me. <laughs> Thanks for this wonderful podcast, and I hope your holidays are restful, fun, and creepy. Jackie! Well, thanks so much, Jackie. I hope your holidays were restful, fun, and creepy as well. I actually did get a little bit of creep time between Christmas and New Year's. I got to play two new horror-themed board games, which I absolutely loved. They're called Horrified and The Shining. Now, Horrified is, both of them are collaborative games, which is a little hard for me because you may not guess this if you don't know me, but I am very competitive, especially when it comes to games or trivia. A little lightly so with sports, but if I'm playing tennis, I'm extremely competitive. Uh, so Horrified and The Shining are both collaborative, like intricate, complex, like adult board games. And the collaborative aspect really got to me because I loved my friends and Isaac, who I was playing with, we played with our best friends, but I just wanted to win so badly. I hated the aspect of like talking through all of our ideas and hearing everybody's logic and going back and forth and trying to decide which plan to do. I just wanted to like do my thing and like wipe everyone else out. <laughs> so I had to overcome that a little bit. And when I got more used to this style of that gameplay, I did really like it. Horrified is about fighting off the universal classic monsters and each monster has its own little mini game that you have to complete and you can play you can try to attack as many of them as you want so you could just do one monster at a time two three four five there's uh dracula creature of the black lagoon the wolf man frankenstein bride of frankenstein and the invisible man and then there's like villagers you have to protect and each character that you play that's like the hero there's like you know a professor and an archaeologist and they all have special skills too it's very fun the imagery is really beautiful and all the mini games are like super specific and detailed and then the shining was awesome the Shining's one of my favorite movies and we were uh we spent new year's eve in lake tahoe where it was really snowy and we were snowed into our cabins so it was the perfect atmospheric game to play 
That one I liked a little bit more. It's a little shorter and is there's this component where out of all of the players, one player is secretly the corrupted, which you're essentially playing as like the possessed hotel and you're trying to corrupt the other players. So it's collaborative and one person is secretly working against the group. So I liked that. I got to be the corrupted one time and that was really fun. So I got some other recommendations from fellow lanterns on Instagram of other fun, creepy games that I want to try this year. That's part of my Halloween resolution for 2022 is injecting some more like things that are creepy that can be just for me and sort of like low key. I can't market them like I'm not going to film myself playing a game for Patreon. Like this is just a fun Halloween thing I can do to kick back and relax a little bit with friends. So here are some other ones that I had recommended to me from Lanterns on Instagram. Betrayal at House on the Hill, Touch of Evil, Whitechapel, Mansions of Madness, Last Night on Earth, One Night Ultimate Werewolf, Buffy the Vampire Slayer the Game, The Thing the Game, Jaws the Game, and Mixtape Massacre. Thank you so much for these recs, Dustin, Keith, Hannah, and MJ. They're really great ideas. And I hope some of those games bring all of you some Halloween-themed fun while you're stuck inside due to snow or Omicron or just plain boredom. Winter boredom is the worst. And definitely write or call in if you have more fun Halloween game ideas that can be enjoyed year-round. Jackie, I'm so happy that we could help make you feel seen. I loved hearing about your Bell Snickle experience. And I think it's <laughs> really just the idea of all of you scrambling to get candy while your dad chases like your brother with a switch as like a Christmas monster is so silly and fun to me, especially it sounds like he wasn't hurt and it was just very playful. Um, I would love to hear if anyone else's families did this or if anybody else celebrated any of the Christmas monsters that we talked about on that episode that came out the week of Christmas. And, you know, yesterday was the 12th night. It was the epiphany and the night where Frau Perchta comes and slits the belly of those who has not finished their sewing or cleaning their home. So I hope I haven't lost any listeners. I hope you are all able to keep your house clean on Thursday night because, I mean, otherwise, I think you're done for. I think your guts are splattered all over the place. Again, call in, let us know. We'd love to hear if you saved your guts or not this year. And if you didn't, I guess I'd be hearing from your ghost, which is also quite fun. So please give us a call on the All Hallows hotline, 802-532-DEAD. Or write us that eek mail at it's always Halloween podcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear your memories of watching Scream. If you ever dressed up as any of the characters in Scream for Halloween, let's hear about your Frau Perchta experiences, your Belsnickel experiences. And hey, do you do an, a Halloween advent calendar? Do you want to do a Halloween advent calendar? Do you have any ideas that you want to share? Should we put one together for the podcast? And anything else you want to share with us about ghosts, Halloween memories, 
urban legends, creepy facts, monsters, you name it, I want to hear about it, and so do your fellow lanterns. Remember to join us this weekend for our Scream Marathon and on January 25th for our first book club discussion. Head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash it's always Halloween, or click the Patreon link in our bio. It helps us out so much. Thank you to our ghoul gang for supporting the show. You can also support the podcast with a one-time donation to our tip jar linked in the show notes or by buying merch on our Redbubble, also linked in the show notes. This episode of It's Always Halloween was performed by me, Luce Tomlinbrenner, with help from your fellow lanterns, Jeff, Annie, and Jackie. Thank you for your fantastic contributions. The editing, theme music, and sound design is by the perfect Pete Burns. Thanks, Pete. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at LTB Comedy and Pete at Mittenberries. You can follow the show on Instagram at It's Always Halloween Podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and write us a little review so that other like-minded ghouls can find us. It's super helpful and it's a way to keep us at the top of the charts. And I just got a new one uh, in December that I want to share with everybody. The title is Like a Warm, Cozy Cup of Tea and it's by Halloween or Bust. I would highly recommend this podcast if you are looking for a spooky but not scary Halloween-themed podcast to get your Halloween fix throughout the year. I'm glad there is a podcast to enjoy the spookiness of Halloween without strictly confining the holiday to horror movies. The podcast gives off-cozy fall vibes similar to the television series Over the Garden Wall. Stay spooky. Halloween or bust, my goodness, being compared to Over the Garden Wall is the highest compliment available to us in Halloween land. And um, I do have to apologize that I spent a third of this podcast talking about horror movies. But listen, I don't think you can separate Scream from Halloween for many of the reasons that I talked about. So I hope that those of you who aren't into horror movies still appreciated some of the trivia and background that we got into about Scream on this episode. And yes, going forward, many of the episodes will have nothing to do with horror movies. I promise. Uh, This was a wonderful review. Short, simple, sweet, to the point. You can do that too, listeners. Uh, Help us out with a five-star review and a little couple of sentences so that we can get even more Luceo lanterns along the porch of Halloween land. Thanks so much for listening to yet another episode of It's Always Halloween. And please come back next time. Unless you're too busy getting a whole bag of bacon and peas from your neighbors.